everyone, and welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast, where we have real, meaningful, and fun conversations with people who inspire us, and sometimes just with each other. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and this week we have a very special week. We've partnered with the Virgin Australia Melbourne Fashion Festival to deliver you an audio experience of the festival wherever you are in the world. We'll be chatting to designers, stylists, and entrepreneurs about the secrets to their successes, how they've built their careers, and so, so much more. So, we're on our second last day here in the festival. How are you feeling, Jess? I'm loving it, but I'm exhausted. Gots to be real with you. Gots to be real. Like, Sunday morning could not come faster. Oh, yeah, you are so right, but... I'm having a lot of fun as well because it's been pretty cool doing this like little bit of a marathon where we get to take in so much awesome tips, insights, info from these incredible people. You know how Jason PJ on the radio, they do like a 24-hour radio thing? I think it's even like 48 hours. They do nonstop. I feel like that's what this has been for us. I know. I feel like I can't even imagine how they do that. Because we've got this like big How to Live the Podcast backdrop behind us that we've been like taking with us in a van from the Fashion Festival to David Jones. We haven't been doing that with anyone. We've just been doing it, the two of us, with a little help from our team. So we are in this 100% because we love it and we want to give it the best chance of getting it out there and making the episodes awesome for you guys. Okay, let's get into today's episode because it's a pretty awesome chat. Do you want to tell them who it's with? I do. It is with Elise Tran. She is the co-founder and creative director of The Daily Edited, which is the customizable accessories label. They are known as those guys who make amazing accessories that you can monogram. They're actually stocked in David Jones and it's David Jones, as Elise tells us, has been part of their success story. So pretty cool to get to do this one from the window in David Jones. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we should just get into it because it's so damn great. It sure is. Here is Elise Tran. So thanks for being here with us, Elise. We really appreciate you flying down. Thank you for having me. So a photo of Kylie Jenner with a daily edited case, phone case that is, got seven and a half million likes on Instagram, which just completely blows us away. And we wanted to know, does that crash your website? Surprisingly, no. She did tag us, I think. I I remember that. This was like a couple of years ago. She had a Stripe, a phone case with Stripe personalization on it. It was a really exciting moment for us, but I think what that did was more brand awareness rather than actual conversion for us. And I think I've listened to different business owners speak about this and everyone's experience with the Kardashians is slightly different. Yeah. And that's funny because we often speak to people who talk about, and we talk about as well, influencers, brand awareness. So that's so interesting. Just depends on the type of influencer. Some of my friends who are influencers who, you know, maybe only have 30,000 followers as opposed to 30 million followers actually convert a lot for us. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah, we once heard the social media head at PE Nation and she was saying how like a Pilates instructor will sell, like with like basically no followers, will sell so much more by instructing in PE in her classes than like someone with so many followers. Totally. Like I only have 10,000 or so followers and I sell a lot of products 
myself. Not not because I'm trying to, but I know that so many people will ask me what I'm wearing or if it's a preview of a TDE product, they're like, when's that coming? They get really excited because they're obviously very engaged with the brand if they're into me. Yes, totally. Absolutely. That makes sense. Well, following on from that, we just wanted to ask you something fun and silly. If seven and a half million people were going to like a photo of you, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, my God. Maybe getting married or something. Uh-huh. You know, like one of those yeah, beautiful absolutely. wedding photos that's just not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, well, I feel like it is tradition that we get a boy update from you, seeing as last oh. time we started our chat with a boy update. So do you have anything going on at the moment? What was in the paper last Sunday? In what the was it? Oh, we missed that. <laughs> I'm seeing an older man, which oh. is exciting and very interesting. So, yes, thing, things are happening, I guess. Excellent. Awesome. Well, we will have to check out the Sydney Morning Herald <laughs> for the full update. Yeah, is he up, Sydney based? He's Sydney. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. so Amazing. You don't have to be on a plane so often. Exactly. So I was previously seeing someone based down here in Melbourne. So I was doing the back and forth. Yeah. If anyone wants to hear that story, go listen to our last yes. episode together. <laughs> so we have heard your story on how you decided to leave your job as a lawyer and start your business. And if anyone wants to hear that story or the boy's story, feel free to go and check out our last episode with Elise because we got a lot of awesome info in there. But could you give us an overview of how you came up with the idea for The Daily Edited? Yeah, so The Daily Edited is actually founded by myself and my co-founder, Tanya Liu. We were both working as lawyers and, you know, a bit depressed in the corporate space. That's a strong word, actually. And we wanted to launch like a cool fashion brand or something. Um, And then we launched The Daily Edited as a blog. I mean, it was a daily edit of things that we liked. And then we launched a clothing line under the brand Edited and presented a capsule collection of clothes monthly that could be workshopped into different daily outfits that were work appropriate. And that didn't really gain any commercial traction. So we did that for like 18 months, just as like a hobby thing. And then in 2014 I had the idea to do leather accessories and I love personalization like I liked it before it became like a very mainstream thing across you know a range of verticals that we see today and that's kind of where it started. That was a good little overview and it's funny because we spoke about this a year ago but I totally forgot that that was the story of how it started (laughs) and it's so interesting and it's really funny because we often talk about how there are these like very few success stories that you hear like explode overnight and I feel like the daily edited is one that comes to mind but it's so interesting to hear that it's like you were also like flogging it out at something that didn't work and then you pivoted which is just something that so many of us have experienced. I think people you know only see the now and you know what you put the content that you put out there and you know, it's the highlights reel. So don't ever think that what I'm putting on Instagram or anyone else is the be all and end all, right? Yeah, totally. totally. Well, and you touched on monogramming there and saying how you really loved it, which is funny because it was such a great trend for a while, but we do feel like it has kind of come and gone a little bit, but the daily edited hasn't and it just keeps thriving and everyone now knows you as the monogramming peeps. Yeah, like for a second it felt like everybody was doing it and now it's like, it's not the hottest thing anymore, but for the daily edited, you it's know, just it's like the still, thing. It's yeah. I think, you know, we've become the go-to authority on personalization in the fashion accessory space or the lifestyle accessory space. And I think, you know, there are practical things to having your things personalized because so many of the products we use have become really ubiquitous. So everyone has the same phone now, everyone has the same AirPods. So, you know, there is a practical element to it. And I think that's why it's still quite desirable. That's so true. What are some of the other attributes that you feel like have contributed to the continued success of TDE? 
I think we're constantly innovating, right? So we constantly have new products, new ways to personalise, new formats of how to consume our product, you know, and we've always put the customer first. So I think at the end of the day, the service you get from TDE in store or online is just kind of an amazing experience and something that you want to come back to because we're reliable. And so, you know, we've built a customer base who can rely on us to be their provider of gifts or provider of their tech accessories or phone case or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I feel like within that, providing that reliable experience, you guys, the spaces that you create, you know, whenever you have a pop-up or you have an in-person space, I feel like so often we see stores that are just so not thought out and, you know, it's just like put a bit of pink paint on the walls. It makes all the difference. Yeah, it's always like disjointed from their product or like the vision that they're trying to sell. I think retailers have generally gotten a lot better at that. I think when, you know, a few years ago when we did stuff and people were like, wow, I think that's now become the standard. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of too many people that are so off kill but I think it, it is great and it's great for the consumer because it means that when you go to the shops you'll actually get something out of it yeah absolutely rather than just like buying it online so I guess like taking you back to the early TD days we thought would be a bit of a fun experience we wanted to know like what did TDE look like in that first kind of 12-month period? TDE was in my dining room. I had the inventory in my linen closet and I did everything myself. So I packed and monogrammed orders and it was horrible. Like it was not chic. Oh, you physically monogrammed? Yeah, at the start. And then it became like two volume and so then we found someone to assist us with that but it was not glamorous. No it it never is as glamorous (laughs) as it sounds and for us you know we've got a small team at the moment we've got two full-timers two interns who are here with us today but what were your first few hires that you brought on board? It would have been people to assist me with order fulfillment and customer service. I feel like that's... So it wasn't anything like fancy. It's not like we we still don't have a marketing manager. That is still me. No way. That's yes. so interesting because we're looking at hiring one right now. We're like, should we be hiring a marketing manager? And we've already had mixed reviews from other people. Depends how busy you are. Totally. Right? And like, I mean, you guys have a lot going on yes. besides the shoe business. And so if you're delegating your roles out, but like I have lived for six years only doing the daily edited. So I don't really see you know, then what would I be doing with my time? Totally. Got, so I'm interested to know because, yeah, like I mean I'm our marketing manager at the moment. So like I'm obviously capable of it but it's a time issue. But I'm interested to know if you had an option of hiring a marketing manager, which obviously you haven't, or like more of a marketing coordinator, like somebody that can be on the ground and taking content and that kind of stuff. Would you go for the latter? No, because I still do that. Like, so I've been, <laughs> I'm here on the ground to get content for like my sister has started the L show and put TDE bags in tonight. And I have found that when I have sent other team members to do it, we have not been able to get the content. In fact, I was actually just thinking about this yesterday. I sent a girl to, I think the Walmart prize runway and we had bags in that show. And she, and I said to her, Hey, the next day, can you text me that content so I can upload it on Instagram? She went to the show. We bought her a dress to wear to the show, you know, so she felt good and everything. She said the bags were not in the show. And I write this email, this hectic email to the person who styled the runway and said, well, why didn't you use the TDE bags? It was part of the sponsorship agreement. They were in the show. (gasps) Here are the photos of them. 
Oh, I no. hope she's not listening to this podcast. No, she no longer works for the business. That is a and it, boo, no, no, and it boo. wasn't because of that incident at all. She left naturally, but that type of thing freaks me out. So that's why I execute a lot of things myself. Mm. I have the time to, and I like it. Keeps me very engaged with the consumer. Keeps me very engaged with the business and how to do things. I feel like if you remove yourself, and I, you know, when you, people ask me about the success of TDE, it's because both Tanya and I, to Tanya's credit, she still does all the inventory planning. We don't have a merchandise planner. That's Tanya. So we're not buying any bad infantry or creating anything in too many units or whatever because we take full responsibility for that. Yeah, mm. like you know the ins and outs. Exactly. So that's probably why it's successful. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I feel like you've just given us a lot to think about. You have. Yeah, I love that. And we really drilled down and got to where the success of TDA really comes from. So you guys. With your product and the monogramming and all that stuff, it is very like tech heavy, right? Like it's you can't just get like a Shopify, what are they called? Skin, <laughs> like or a something. template. Yeah, and just no, like everything chuck it up we there. do is very custom. Every piece of technology we have is something that has been thought out to capture personalization details. Yeah. So how did you go about like building the tech in the beginning when you didn't have all the dollars and like all the expertise? That's what we invested in. So we had people do all of that for us and we have, you know, if anything, we would hire more web developers over a marketing manager. Yeah. Right? Or more people in our tech, you know, to just overall like from inventory management systems to point of sales to whatever to make that run better. Mm, That's so interesting. I feel like that's so important. The other day I actually sat down and had a meeting with our digital marketing agency because we haven't been seeing the conversions that we want to. And they ran this test on our website and they were like, you get like a rating out of 100%. Mm. They said industry average is about 50%. Our mobile site is sitting at 5%. Yes. So you'd compare yours against say like an iconic where they've got, you know, like a big team and they're really optimized and stuff yeah. yeah you need yeah. to yeah you need to look at that we need yeah, to look at absolutely it. i mean you need to look at that ahead of a marketing manager it's yeah. true because if you don't make the sales then then what's the point yeah. in marketing it it's so true and like yeah as a small business it's hard because you know yeah we're a really small team we're all kind of wearing a lot of hats and we have tubes as well as the podcast mm. so it is really hard but i think you're right like if you're an online business and majority of your sales are coming through online, then getting your tech in order is obviously a really important part of that. Definitely. So much to think about right now. Love this. This is like a little audit on our business. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't feel that way and I'm sure everyone will have a different point of view. And then in those early days, we're sure it looked very different to it, the way that it does now with like Instagram and Facebook ads and all that good stuff. But how did you kind of go about like capturing your first few customers? How do people find you? Through social media. So I would say that we owe our business to Instagram and, you know, building our following quite early and creating, you know, a community like every other direct-to-consumer brand. So, you know, it was just organic rage. Friends of friends. Yeah, but I mean, you guys are really great at content, you know, and like that definitely makes a difference. It's like you can be posting three times a day on Instagram, but if you're posts don't look great, then it's not going to get that kind of engagement and build that customer loyalty the way it has with TDE being such beautiful imagery. And I think the way the products are designed as well, it's really clever. When you see people taking like selfies with that beautiful design case of their name on the back of it, that's really powerful. Yes. I underestimated how viral that would become. Yeah. Like people taking selfies in mirrors was really not a thing 
six years ago. Yeah. So now it's like you can't go into a lift without taking a photo of yourself, right? Oh, no. No way. Like if there's a lift mirror, obviously yeah, you're getting obviously. the phone out. Yeah. yeah. And like does that aesthetic that we see in store and the mm. aesthetic that we see in your products and on socials, does that like stem from you? Yes. Yeah, because it very much feels authentic to your own style. Definitely. But one of the things that I'm concerned about now because I'm oh, I'm aging – right, is that my aesthetic is not relevant to our consumer. So when we talk about whether I would get someone to do it, do content and stuff for us, it's because I feel old. And with TikTok and, you know, new formats of content where I'm not as like snappy, I am very stressed and concerned about, well, what makes me qualified to be in this role today? Mm. And do I need to actually get a cool 21-year-old to TikTok? But I've, I've had huge issues trying to find someone who is on point and tech savvy. Yeah. It's hard, yeah. That's so interesting because we have the exact same thing. Like at any age or style that we've kind of gone through, we like bring our customers along with us. So like we we do in a sense feel like they are aging with us. Because yes, but then what about the 18-year-olds? Well, totally. I, I see the problem with that, yes. with that kind of concept. Issue. Yeah. And that's when, you know, you can get complacent and that's when I think – your business might not continue the way it has. Mm, we were chatting to Erica Geratz the other day who used to be a co-founder of Frank Body and yes. now she has um, Fluff. Fluff, yes. Yeah. yeah, which is an upcoming episode on our podcast but really interesting because she's not Gen Z and her products are marketed to Gen Z and she has a whole bunch of Gen Z staff in her office who help her with what's cool with Gen Z and it's true like it's really hard because I feel like most people start brands that speak to a problem they have like when someone has a baby they often end up starting yes. a baby product yeah. you know so it, it can be hard to like put on a different cap men have been selling women things for a really long time so now as women we're gonna have to figure out how to sell people things that aren't the same age as us totally so we feel like for a lot of people working at the daily edit would be a dream job so we wanted to ask really you, hell what is it like to work in the daily edited office? It's very hard to quantify how good it is working for the daily edited until you leave the daily edited <laughs> and you come and you tell me, thank you for training me. I know how to do everything. I've gone to X luxury brand or I've gone into another business and no one knows how to do anything. And I was trained by Elise Tran. And so that's what you get because I'm doing so much in the business most team members, even in retail, I don't give live feedback so much anymore. You work quite closely with me. So I think that's a good part. I don't want to big up myself. But, you know, because I've done this for six years now and I do have a level of experience, it, you know, it is quite good, I think. And I didn't realise that until some of the girls told me. You know, obviously it's a very, you know, Tanya and I both 34. So it is a young environment. We're not really difficult horrible people to be around and you know it's quite fun and you know we try to keep things pretty light-hearted and you know one of the interesting things that people find amazing is that I take sales targets all on myself I've never put that onto anyone else so you don't have this sales target pressure you have pressure around delivering your role at a 10 out of 10 but not to actually sell this product. With what you were just talking about I actually feel like you being able to sit here and be like I'm a really big part of what people get out of it and I get to train people and I'm good at what I do. Good for you because you're a, a successful woman and if you were a man and you were saying that, no one would be like, oh, arrogant. 
you know, you've got confidence, you know your worth, and that's amazing. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. So what are your Christmas parties like? Um, we actually just had one recently. Yeah, because I saw we you don't do it at Christmas, right? Because well, we're too busy at Christmas yes, with we actual customers and yeah. stuff. I used to party a lot harder with the team members, but obviously as a business grows and you do have different personalities in your business, you can't always be how you want to be. So we just had like a big dinner and then the team went to a nightclub after, but I didn't join them. I just gave someone my credit card and was like, here, don't put too much onto it. Oh, you are good. (laughs) You're also really, really, really fast on email, which we noticed. Are you the opposite of a procrastinator? Yeah, I don't like having things on my to-do list. Yeah, that's what it seems like. You just like get it off your plate. Yes, yeah. yeah. It either will be forwarded to someone else to deal with or I will deal with it right now kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's really a really interesting approach because now there's a lot more like I'm off my emails, I'm only checking it once or twice a day, but it can feel quite overwhelming if you let things kind of mm. grow and I'm like a massive procrastinator. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I'll do with that later. And then it's so much harder when oh, you come back to it. I think it's it. because I'm old school. I realise now we're in an environment that uh, where a lot of people are quite anxious. Because I'm older, everything that I do and the way that I work is quite normal for me. What I find so interesting, when I started my career as a lawyer, I was so excited to go to this big, you know, international law firm. And I was just super grateful for the job, right? And I worked 16 hours a day and was really scared of my boss and all of that, right? Now... You start as a graduate at a law firm and you go to Fair Work Australia because you're working overtime and not getting paid for it. The thought of doing that or my cohort of people my age doing that is insane. Like we just did it. And so my attitude to work is that rather mm. than the latter, which I find I think is really great. I mean, I think it's positive that people are standing up for their rights and things, but it changes your ability to work. Yeah. So people often ask me, how do I do all of this stuff? I just have a huge capacity to work and it not affect me in a negative way. Well, it's interesting because I'm a similar age to you, Mm. but I've never had a corporate job like that. So I feel like that that's where that comes in is like, you know, I've always like worked for myself. I've always just been like, yeah, I'll do it on my own time. I'll do it whenever I want to do. So I never learned those skills in that way. But I've been trying to like shift my mentality lately because the thing is it's if you perceive work to be bad, well then, you know, oh, you're doing something that you don't want to be doing, then that's when I think stress comes in. But if you just see it as like this is what I have to do right now and embrace whatever is in front of you, then why is it stressful? You're creating that stress for yourself. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, just kind of embracing it. And so if you are like you work and you get things done and you tick the list and all that stuff, do you need to switch off? What do you do when you feel like you need to switch off? Is it like holidays? Is it exercise? Is it like chilling out with friends? What does it look like? I just like doing nothing. Same. Nothing. Like stay at home and put something on and then my little sister lives with me but I think she's going to move out imminently which is on the one hand great because I'm going to turn her room into a wardrobe room (laughs) sick on the other hand is like I lose my complimentary towel service is what I call it because she does all the towels and things like that and you know tries to help out around the house Uh, ideal day is just like it's a rainy day we're both at home maybe we have a couple of visitors to spice things up maybe someone over for brunch and then we watch something and maybe someone comes over for dinner just to keep things exciting and she's just preparing food like she makes like sausage rolls or crispy skin potato I'm into Mm. that life like I love to go on holiday obviously like obsessed with Italy and you know like obsessed with going to cool very instagrammable places but really enjoy 
actually doing nothing. Mm, yeah. Sometimes it's the simple things. What do you watch? Really bad shows. Like the other night I started watching the Charlie's Angels new movie that got like 22% oh, on it. Rotten Tomatoes or something. It was a great movie. Yeah. yeah, I love things like that. Like I think that if you lowered the bar when you started to watch the movie, then you were like, oh, this is kind of good. Whereas like I didn't go in thinking it was going to be like full throttle Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Do you know what I've started watching lately that I'm super into? It's on Stan. It's called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Have you okay, seen Okay, I this? need to watch that. That sounds like something up my alley. It's so cute. <laughs> it's about this girl who's just like living her life. There's like this earthquake and all of a sudden everybody starts singing to her what their like deepest darkest emotions are and she like realizes her best friend's in love with her and I'm not going to ruin it all for you. Yeah but you it's just ri- ruined a lot. Just one the first episode only but anyway it's really okay. cute. It's all right cute. I will note that down. <laughs> and then you're not only the daily edited now you're also in the roundhouse. Yes. Which is your home also in David Jones. So yes this is we just heard. Perfect. We met your buyer last night actually. Oh which one Sarah? Tash. Tash yes. Yeah, I'm very excited to have the support of David Jones with that second brand. I'm working on that with actually an editor from Jones Magazine as well. So the family of David Jones oh, is really like hilarious. And then I love it. also the skincare brand. Yes. Right? With James Vivian. Stayed with him last night. He doesn't have a hair dry. He's a gay man. Like, oh, why oh with James and Ben, right? Yeah. Yeah, so funny. So I had to get my hair blow dried this morning. He okay. doesn't have a blow dryer? Mm. My boyfriend blow dries his hair more yeah. than I do. I know. So then I was hectically texting the owner of the blow, Phoebe, who's quite an amazing young lady as well, and she fit me in this morning. Oh, okay. amazing. Yeah. Well, hair's looking fab. Thank you. So, yes, James and I are working on a skincare and service line. Oh, I think it'll be amazing. Yeah, we're really excited I'm about that. I'm very excited because too. Because we're like, consumers of all things skin brands. So when can we kind of expect to see uh, the launch? Does it have a, a name yet? It's called James Vivian Glow. Amazing. Yeah, because I love his name. Like it's very gender neutral. It could be a girl. Could be I agree. Is his name James Vivian? Yeah, his name is actually James Vivian. Oh, that's like, so totally gender neutral. It's totally gender neutral. Yeah. It's just perfectly balanced. Yeah, gorgeous, right? Yeah. Amazing. Well, and a launch? Well, it's both of our side hustles and I guess that's no excuse, but I have found that working on a product like this is way more complex than um, banging out simple consumer products like it's much more complex process yeah with the right ingredients and they actually have to work and they yes. have to smell nice yes and whereas nice. like this plate looks great done Yes. Mm. So the theme of the festival this year is Fashion's Wonderland. So we wanted to ask you if you could create Elisa's Wonderland where would it be who would be there with you and what would you be doing? Ooh. Okay. I love retail. I love going. I love shops. I love looking at little products and I love taking photos for my Instagram. So I guess my wonderland is Capri and I guess I'd have like my closest friends and family there and like we'd be drinking Aperol spritzes. There'd be an Aperol spritz stand. There'd be a chance to go into the Dolce store and get a bikini. There'd be all these like cool curated experiences and I guess that would be my wonderland. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds like a pretty good wonderland. So if people are interested in hearing more about you in the Daily Edited, where can they find you? I've done a lot of podcasts, no offence. None taken. None taken at all. I think the last one I did outside of you guys actually, I did one for Future Women. We don't expect to have exclusivity over you on podcasts, but we do expect you to keep coming back because now it's an annual tradition. Oh, great. (laughs) Next time in Capri though, in Alice's Wonderland. Yeah, so I did that and that was quite detailed on the business stuff rather than, you know, me personally. Yeah, and Instagram, you, the Daily Edited? Yes, Elise underscore Tran. 
Excellent. In the roundhouse. Oh, yes. Yeah. We'll definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we are going to keep on chatting here in the window, but we're going to wrap up the podcast section of today. Excellent. So thanks so Thank much you. for Thank you. Thank you. So if you did like this episode, guys, we would just love your help in getting the word out about this podcast. You can do that in a few ways. You might like to rate it five stars, share it with your friends. You could also share a pic of you listening wherever you are on Instagram. Make sure you tag at how to live so we get to see your pic because we just love it. And also come on over to our Facebook group, How to Live the Podcast, where we continue the conversation. So this afternoon, we'll be having another wonderful conversation. So we hope you have a fabulous day, my friends. And we are going to see you back here this afternoon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.